Welcome everyone to episode 98 of the Hillcrest Duo. It is being recorded on Saturday, April 6, 2019. I am your host, Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto. And I'm joined alongside Metal John. Metal. And you can find me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. We do have a great show coming your way today. We want to talk to you about what we saw at C2E2 uh, a few weeks ago. We uh, The Joker trailer has dropped, and we, of course, saw the latest DC film, the latest comic book film to come out, and that is Shazam. We're going to give you a full breakdown. We're going to try and keep the spoilers to the second half of the review and breakdown, but if some bleed in, we apologize. But we d- will give you a full breakdown of that, but I suppose we should start out with C2E2. We both went two weeks ago and had slightly different experiences. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you went the whole weekend. I just went on the busy day on Saturday. Um, that was a horribly busy day. I was there and... It was like, sold out. It was sold out Friday and Saturday. I'm not sure about Sunday. I, w- I went there on Saturday, and I could only last about three hours because the hall just got full. And I got there like at 1045. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to do panels, autographs, and uh, walk the vendor floor, it was near impossible to do all three in yes. an entire day. Um, I, it was just that many people, and that's good, yes. because um, I, I I feel like C2E2 has really put their stamp on 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 conventions. I mean, they've, they've got the draw, they've got the crowd. You're in a big place like McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. They got I mean, Paul it, Rudd for his first autograph signing session. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll do more. Um, you know, you also had Alicia Silverstone. She doesn't really do a lot. Uh, as I, I mean, you had a really big group of celebrities there doing autographs mm-hmm. and Q and As. You had a lot of vendors there. Oh God, yeah. Um, you had a lot of really good. You had so much entertainment panels, a lot of cosplayers. I mean, it really felt like. You were at a huge show, not 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 not, as, not San Diego, not San Diego, but New York Comic Con. Yeah, I it's would say, pretty I would much say it's up the, there. It's, it's it's certainly surpassed Wizard World Chicago as we um go into. I would say all the Wizard Worlds. I mean, because yes. Wizard World has like ten cities they go. to. Yes, and Wizard Wizard World has been surpassed because they have really gone away from having panels at Wizard World. They do them, but they don't have anything from the comic book industry, and you get. You get some reunions, because I remember there was a Back to the Future reunion, I think, a year ago at um, uh, Wizard World, but you get the reunion panels. You don't get panels about what's coming, and that's what you get at C2E2, New York Comic Con, and San Diego Comic Con. So it's become one of the premier ones, and I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of exclusives there, too, which yeah. I, uh, I I was really surprised by. Um, you know, I saw, like, the big merchandise booth. They had a lot of Game of Thrones exclusives, mm-hmm. and... That was pretty cool. So, uh, what one thing I think they have to do is I realize they like doing the first come first serve, but so many people, like you say, just get to the panel room and they'll camp out for the seven o'clock panel. Yep. And the only way you can do that is you have to have people sign up for panels, like they are kind of doing for the the Star Wars celebration that's coming. Is okay. I want to be in this one. Put me in the lottery, or I if you're a VIP, I want this one. And since I'm a VIP, I get this one. Yeah, I, I, I think to, they should do that. And same with autographs. At, at least for some of them. Obviously, you don't have to do it for all of them, but they know which panels and which um, events in the panel rooms are going to be the popular ones, and they just need to sell tickets to that one. Because I remember, oh, God, was it four years ago? They had an evening with Kevin Smith, and that was just an extra ticket you threw on to C2E2. 
Oh, yeah, that was, like, in the big auditorium. Right? Yes, and yeah. I went there, and it was a great show. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I know C2E2 had a couple of other events. Um, I believe the Animaniacs, uh, uh, Ron Paulson. Cast, they were doing a, um, they were doing something, like, on Wednesday night, uh, at a different location. Yes, in that, Chicago. but that was kind of separate. It, yeah, you, I mean, it was still a C2E2 event. It was C2E2 event, ticket. but it wasn't actually C2E2. Yeah, so, um, I, like you said, I think they should maybe start doing reserve seating, mm-hmm. uh, where you, you know, you could do a lottery system to, to get a ticket for something, and then you could have a standby line. But yeah. I, I feel like with autographs, too, they do this at some conventions. Um, the more popular people, you buy a time slot. And now you go get in line at that time, and usually your weight is is cut way down versus going there and standing in line for maybe two, three, four hours until it's your turn to get an autograph. This time you you now you have a time. Oh my! I, one o'clock. I'm getting in this line and I'm meeting this person, and I should be done within 45 minutes or an hour because there's only a couple hundred people with that time slot. Mm-hmm. So I I prefer they do something like that with autographs. Disney too. fast pass. At least at least with the the more the bigger celebrities Disney um, fast past that yeah exactly so uh but other than that man big show uh I, I wish I would have had more time to check out vendors I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of autographs but I did see quite a few vendors and yeah. you know it, again like you said it's so packed there you um, can't move even when you go to like a vendor table and you're trying to look at stuff I mean there's like three four five people deep sometimes yes. and you gotta try to fight your way to the table to look at stuff um you know, I, I mean, it's always cool to see some of the original artwork, too. Oh, like I, did, that's, I love going down Artist Alley. I went there on Friday, and Sarah, I didn't make it out there Sunday. I went there on Friday with Cousin Stan, and, you know, I was able, because I went to this convention with the intent, the one intent of finding an issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, the 2011 edition, the current run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I actually struck out the first day. I'm like, oh, wow, I thought for sure I'd find it because I want to just complete the series. As I forgot to tell people that. But So I went the second day, and I was able to finally get through. But I'm, there is a huge difference because I was able to move around freely everywhere on Friday, even though it was a sold-out day. But Friday morning, Friday afternoon, until at least 3 when Stan and I left, you had pretty free movement. But Saturday was just so damn packed. But, yes, going down, seeing all the pictures, I bought a few prints, actually. I bought a print from um, a former Chicago Bear and, I guess, part of their marketing team, Israel Adonage. He was there selling some prints for the comic book series he did through their Twitter account last year. By the way, I got hoodwinked by the Bears this week when they did their um, uh, April Fool's joke. (sighs) Oh, boy, was that bad. And I bought um, a print for myself, plus one for my sister and brother-in-law who just moved into a new house. Oh, well, a nice housewarming gift. Yes. Did you nice. did you end up getting that turtles? Yes, I found it on Saturday. Um, I was found, you pay? It was only twenty five bucks. Uh, I thought for sure I was going to be around fifty. That's what I was. Was expect- it was it scored or not? No, it's not scored. But um, the guy who put it away said it's probably about an eight point zero if I send it away, which is good. Nice. Yeah, a lot of fun, and I uh, can't wait for, I think, next year, C2E2, they announced the dates. It's actually going to be in February. Really? Which, yeah, they they announced it. Uh, it's uh, going to be, like, late, maybe maybe mid to late eight, uh, February. So I'm, I'm like, all oh, for that's it. awesome. Yeah, so, and actually... I'll be going on a Friday again, because Friday is better. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I might do the whole weekend thing um, next year so I can have more time to see more stuff. But a lot of it just comes down to the celebrities. I mean, yeah. what celebrities are there, what panels are going on, and if there's if if there's nothing there that I want to see as far as that goes, then I could just go one day and just strictly do vendors. You right, know? and you did a lot of autographs because you had a friend from out of town who wanted to do autographs. Oh, yeah, big Power Rangers fan, wants to go meet all the Power Rangers. I did meet David Tennant. Um, so cool story about that. He's a super nice guy. Um, I he just uh, seems like a nice and you, guy. You, if you listen to the podcast, you know that uh, me and you were big fans of uh, yes. Jessica Jones, and we loved Kilgrave. I loved Kilgrave. I thought he was one of the best Marvel villains ever. So meeting David Tennant, the guy who played Kilgrave, was awesome. And uh, I got him to sign an eight by ten for for Jessica Jones. An eight by ten photo, and uh, I asked him, and he obliged. He wrote <laughs> to John, "Throw that coffee in your face." So that is hanging up on my on my autograph wall That's at uh, awesome. my place. And uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of getting quotes from celebrities when I when I have them autograph something. So that's one of my favorites. Um, uh, I would say just real quick as we wrap up, one of my other favorite quotes that I have written uh, by a celebrity is yeah. by Danny Trejo. Yeah, he autographed an eight by ten of Machete. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to drop an F-bomb here. Yeah. He wrote to John, you just effed with the wrong Mexican. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyways. Oh, uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah, so. But let's move on to the other thing that dropped this week is the trailer for The Joker. Yeah. The, Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of The Joker. Yeah, uh, Todd Phillips is directing this one. and uh, Directed. Directed. And uh, I was, I think when we, when this was first announced, we talked about it, and I'm, I'm Todd Phillips is known for the hangover and a mm-hmm. lot of the slapstick, raunchy comedies. And I was like, oh, is he really going to go that route with the Joker? And he did the complete opposite with at this least, one, at least, at from, least the from the trailer. From the trailer. That's what, how the trailer was edited. That's um, whoever that trailer editor is. We have no idea what this is right, but it certainly looks dark and foreboding. Yeah, I mean, when you're I'm ambivalent watch, right now. Yeah, when you, when you watch it, uh, I mean, you can definitely tell it, the movie's not really gonna have much connection to to batman it's 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 a standalone character development story they're basically taking a character from the batman universe the joker and they're saying you know what let's give him a very detailed backstory let's 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 see his transformation from being a human being to the agent Joker. of chaos and yeah. which is something we've never really gotten with the Joker in the comic books because and, and he's keep, always been one of the most interesting DC villains because he doesn't have an origin he just shows up as an agent of chaos exactly i mean they gave him an origin in, in the 89 movie yes. uh, as a as a crime mob boss uh you know that kind of yeah. went crazy uh but other than that you really never get an origin story i mean and, and a lot of people talk about the Heath Ledger Joker and he didn't have an origin story, but no. what's cool about that is he kept telling somebody a different story about yes. how he got his scars, you know, which made it even more mysterious because was he telling the truth ever, or was every right. single one of those stories a lie? And the only issue, at least I have right now, is for this movie to be successful, I think you have to show that he had at least a good life for the first quarter of the film, and right now it looks like... Most of the film takes place with him pretty much starting from the descent into madness from the from the get. Yeah, you see him getting bullied on the yes. on the train. You see him, uh, you know, he's he's and that's my concern. He's I, spinning the the, the you know the mattress yes. sign or whatever it is on the sidewalk he's and those selling, guys. He's telling stuff. 
Yeah, and... He's being put upon. You want to see him have at least a somewhat good life before he goes down, because it looks like he has every reason to, because his life seems pretty crappy in this. Yeah, well, I, there's a, a few little spots in the trailer where he's, you can see he's got a connection with his mom, where it looks like maybe he's living with his mom, and his mom really is his only friend. You know, there's a there's a quick clip in the trailer where he's dancing with her in front of the TV, like a slow dance. It's kind of weird. I see, I thought that was his girlfriend. Oh, no, I think that's a, the actress is playing his mom. And, I don't know. And uh, I, I just feel like he's a bit of a loner, and, and I feel like society pushes him to go to go crazy. Um, well, speaking as a loner, you can be happy and be a loner. In fact, I like being alone. Go away, right now. Yes. <laughs> the Hillcrest solo. Yeah. But I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I'm uh, excited. I, I mean... I, I'm not really putting this movie into like the into the category of old comic book movies. No, at least not yet. I want it to looks see like it's going to be. Own, it looks like it's going to be its own thing. I, actually, before we jump into Shazam, I just want to know: Did you see the trailer for the Dave B- Batista movie My Spy yet? I did not. Oh, it looks good. It looks like it's going to be. It's going to be a slapstick family comedy, but basically, Dave Batista plays a James Bond stand-in who has to deal with a little kid that. Walks in at an operation. Interesting. I saw it on a Comedy Century trailer. It looks funny because Dave Bautista is actually ending up to be a pretty good actor, and I look want to see how this turns out. You'll watch the trailer. We'll talk about it next time we meet, okay? Okay, sounds good. But let's jump into the meat of this episode. We both saw Shazam on Thursday night, and... All the trailers that seemed like this could be hokey, some people were complaining, you and I were actually very optimistic. Our optimism, I think, was well-warranted because I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah, me too. I I went into the movie thinking, all right, this is going to be, you know, I don't know much about the Shazam character, so I'm like, ah, this is going to be like a fun, fun movie. I really didn't think it was going to be... Uh, oh, nice. I really didn't think it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, I I was looking for just some entertainment for my dollars, and I was more than entertained. Oh, I yeah. really enjoyed this movie, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I I don't even know how how you want to describe it. I mean, it's 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 got some really funny stuff in it. Yeah. But it's not like, I mean, it's it's like teenage kid funny stuff that connects with us as adults yes. because, you know. It isn't. It's not a kids movie. How about we put it like that? It's yeah. probably more PG thirteen, even though it's rated PG. The comedy's more PG thirteen warranted because he goes to a strip club, comes right back out. Okay, I need more money. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot like of that. jokes like that where you get it as an adult. Maybe kids don't get it as much. Yes, and and I even like too when when they're. When they all go to the strip club and they come out and they're covering the little girl's eyes, she's like, "Why are you covering my eyes?" Um, <laughs> but um, there's uh, a lot of comic book references yeah. in the movie. That's what I love about it. Is well, like, they're they're living in a universe where Batman and Superman and obviously the rest of the DC universe and the Flash and the Flash are all real. Yep. They, and but they're operating at least at this point at the beginning of this movie as just fanboys of these characters of these um uh, people. Yeah, you see, you see a lot of uh, well, one of the one of the main characters. Batman and Superman have merch in this world. Yeah, uh, well, Freddy, Freddy, who's the, the other, uh, who's the, the orphan, orphan best friend. Yeah, so he 
is uh, he's a big superhero guy. Yeah. Like his bedroom, all the superheroes. He's got a bullet that shot Superman. He's got a batarang. He's got a batarang. He's got uh, a lot of a lot of toys like Superman, yeah. Batman. And then <laughs> throughout the movie, when they go to high school, you see Batman book bags, or Superman school, book I bags. Think. Huh? I think it might be middle school, but I'm not middle sure. Middle school, yeah. Yeah, they're well, 12, 13, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't um, matter. But... Yeah, you see a lot of references, and then there's the scene in the toy store, which there's a clip of that from the preview, where they run through the toy store, but you see in the background, you can see I saw a Flash toy, I saw a lot yeah. of Batman toys. and Get them, uh, Batman. Get them, Batman. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that line, when I saw that trailer, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good movie. Just get him, Batman. But let's talk about the villain, who is the first character we meet, actually. Because he was, well... Chosen by the Grand Wizard, but not chosen. He failed the test because yes. he gave in to greed and envy and all the seven deadly sins. Yes, and he killed his dad. Yes. Well, I want to talk <laughs> about that scene because... Very beginning. We're, we are going spoiler mode now. Yes. I want to talk about the scene that really established him as a great villain, and it's one you kind of missed because you had to go pee. The, um, uh, it was the scene in the boardroom because... He kills, like, 12 people like that, including having one guy have his head bit off. And then he doesn't really do much more killing after that. It was sort of like they talked to standards and practices at the uh, New Line Cinema and said, we want to do this one scene. Okay, but you can't have him do much more after this. That's fine. We're going to establish him as the most heartless bastard we can in this one scene, and that he's just going to be fighting Billy the rest of the movie. Which... He is doing from the point he finds Billy um, uh, after saving uh, the bus. It's technically one prolonged fight scene. Yeah. Um, I, I, for, me, the, for me, the villain was the weak part of this movie. Really? Because um, I liked him. <laughs> so Mark Strong is the actor who played him. Uh, a very familiar face. You probably don't know his name, but as soon as you see his face, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's been in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, also the villain in Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2. He was like the, the dad. Yeah. Um, character but uh yeah so he you know he's got the the seven deadly sins are sort of like like souls that are like within him and they come out and yes you know he's they a puppet basi they basically they create you know they turn into like real life form monsters and um I, I mean for me a little cheesy but it was fun and well i would have preferred black adam just to have um uh, zachary levi fighting the rock but yeah. we have to wait for that yeah but it, it, i mean and I was a little confused on how the doctor found out about Shazam. I, I it sounded to me like one of the deadly sins told him, "Hey, you there, know, the chosen, someone, the chosen one has has been well." Been they chosen. the um uh, the wizard found his champion is what he was told. Oh yeah, the wizard found his champion. So he had to find him, and obviously there were news reports of Captain Wonderhands and all the names because they can't call him Captain Marvel, which is what Shazam used to be. Yes. Before DC got sued and lost. Because mm. we was, still call him Captain Marvel? I suppose. Nah. Well, we can, because he kind of sort of technically still is Captain Marvel, but he's not. <laughs> but, Captain uh, DC. <laughs> but but uh, I, Zachary Levi did a great job as Shazam. Uh, he was I mean, able he, to have he was a, an adult playing a twelve-year-old kid. Yes, I mean and he does a great job. Again, of it. this movie's got so many cool little nods to those types of things. Like 
I love the nod to Big. Yes. Which is when they're in the Toy Story and he's walking on the keyboard. I mean, because basically he's playing that same character. He's yeah. playing an adult who's a 12-year-old kid. He just has superpowers. And, and so if you liked Big, you're going to love this movie. It's I, Big I, I with superpowers. Get, I was, I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're going to love this movie because of it, that's basically what it is. <laughs> um, and, yeah, all the, all the little, like, cameos of, and Easter eggs and stuff. I mean, I do want to talk about that scene at the end in the credits. Yes, well, I want to talk about, um, uh, well, one, the, the, the family connection, because I suppose that's oh, yeah. the, I suppose that's the core of the film is Billy is looking for his mother, who he gets separated from, and he thinks he's just lost, and we can get to the, um, uh... Well, yeah, no, let's talk real quick, because I, I, you know, one thing that I got right away, uh, so when Billy first goes to this new orphanage, um... Cooper Andrews, played by Victor Vasquez, who's also on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, their house, they kind of live in like, almost seems like almost like like an old like old historic house that's big. Yeah. And they've got several bedrooms, and they're like an orphan family. They they have he like five or the, six yeah. five or six orphan kids. And usually when you have a movie like this, that oh orphanage, and they've got four or five different kids that range in different ages. Um, something's wrong. Like, nope. like maybe they're abusive. Maybe like, but this is the complete opposite. It actually, they they look like the coolest orphan family ever. And that's the point of it. it the, his family, his birth mother abandoned him. This is a family that is taking him with open arms. The parents want to, him to be their son. The rest of the family, the youngest daughter, obviously just accepts him right away. We see that right away. The oldest sister, we actually don't get much of, except for the one scene where he is um, Shazam and talking to her. But my favorite um, uh, part of um, the family accepting him is the two other brothers, not um, uh, Freddy. The I can't remember their names anymore, but the muscle, um, uh, the one who um, is weight training. Ian, Ian, Ian Chen. Yeah, the, well, the one that's weight training finds his um, uh, notebook that has all the names of um, uh, possible mothers and gives it to the other brother to search, help him in his search. They all implicitly accept him from the get-go and want to be there for him while his birth mother wanted to abandon him. And I, actually, that, that thing that I told you about, the two other brothers that we don't get to see much of, is just one of my favorite little things that they did to show how accepting this family is of him and that he just needs to accept them. Yeah, and the young girl, Darla, she is awesome in this movie, too. She is. Like, the minute Billy comes into the new house, Hug. she runs and gives him a big hug. Like, yeah, she's a hugger. And she wrote a sign, like, welcome home, brother. And and it's just, like, this family. It's so it, it was just such a cool mm-hmm. moment because, again, when you see movies that deal with orphans and orphanage families, there's always like, oh, you know, there's always like that weird, what I call abusive type of stage where, you know, they're really strict, you know, about doing chores and, you know, getting grounded. And and this is just such like a more chill, relaxed environment for like orphan family. Yeah, they they don't say a prayer before dinner, but they kind of do their, everybody put their hands in the middle. And it's it's, it's like a team environment. And, and it's so cool um, they want to be there for him, but in the beginning, obviously, he's just fighting and rejecting it, which leads to... Which, again, because of his past, he's run away from every orphanage he's been in. Which, well, the thing is, when they find out he's her, his birth mother's only two steps down, I 
would have thought the parents would have known where he was going and chased after him because, no doubt, this is something that every probably um, orphan parent has known about the mother, that she's not lost. She abandoned him. And that's the kind of thing that obviously could have negated much of the movie when they find out in the beginning of this film, what's in the notebook, that he's hunting down um, possible mothers, is to say, okay, we didn't want to tell you this, but you're, I believe they say he's 14 or 15 now, in the, at the beginning of this movie. We didn't want to have to tell you this, but she's not lost. She abandoned you, and we're sorry to tell you this, but she doesn't want you. These families want you. Accept yeah. them. But that's neither here nor there. But this does lead directly into one of my favorite parts of this movie. And that's the secret that they didn't tell you was coming throughout every trailer. And I can't believe they didn't. You get to see the Marvel family. When he uh, um, uh, transfers and shares his power with his family once he accepts them. Yes. Which led to one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Okay, everyone, hands on deck. Say my name. Billy! No, the name I say when I turn into this. And then they all get to share his power. Yes, that was cool. Uh, that was it, a fun reveal that you did not see coming at all. Yeah, it, well, I mean, I think some people may have suspected it, but while you're watching the movie, you have no suspicion of it. Well, it's the you kind really of don't see it coming. You well, know? it's the kind of thing that you'd expect them to say for the sequel. Not to you'd expect this to be the origin story of him and not the Marvel family. Yep. But it just leads to so much, so much fun. But there's only six of them because there's obviously a seventh, but that's Black Adam, who will eventually see his own movie when The Rock gets to star in a movie. Yes. Who The Rock was an executive producer on this yes. movie, which we saw in the credits. I th And I thought when I saw him, like, oh, are we going to get to see Black Adam? And in the mid-credits, you know, are we going to get to see Black Adam? Nah, we saw something else, but oh well. Yep. But overall, I just can't recommend this movie enough. It's a fun romp. It's the kind of movie that you want to see. Actually, it's a perfect popcorn movie. Oh, yeah, With absolutely. just the right amount of heart, though, to be a little more substantial than a summer blockbuster. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll, uh, uh, any other thoughts? Uh, you know, Any other things you saw that we haven't discussed? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that last scene at the oh, lunch yeah. table. <laughs> So we get a we get a cameo, um, which I, I I mean, I guess I'm thinking to myself when the movie's over, I'm like, all right, so we're gonna get some extra credit scenes. Yeah. What do you think we're gonna get? Maybe they introduce the next villain. Maybe they introduce Adam. Maybe... We did get the next villain, but it wasn't Black Adam, unfortunately. Yeah. We we uh, instead we get to see a scene that's uh, sort of like a cool moment because you know Freddy is you know telling Billy, hey, I need you to like. You know, show. You know, he's trying to get some cool points. Yes, and he wants are, Shazam to to show up at lunch. Because there's those bullies that nearly committed vehicular manslaughter and then um uh, don't get in any trouble. Yeah. So. <coughs> so uh, it, it, one of the the first extra credit scene is uh, Billy having lunch at, at school. Friday. And, or I'm sorry, Friday. And then Shazam shows up at the lunch table. And all the kids are like, oh, you do know Shazam. Like, you yeah. know, they're all impressed. And then Shazam's like, and I brought a friend. And you just see from basically the chest down, you Neck see down. the Superman outfit. Yeah. So uh, Superman came and had lunch. We don't know who the actor is that played Superman. Yeah, it's not Henry Cavill. They have said that. They said they tried 
to get him, but the schedules just did not work out because they only had the school they were shooting in for um, uh, their winter break, and they just couldn't get the schedules to sync up. I, I did some my own research, too. Yeah, I, I did some research, too, and it, it sounded like there was mixed thoughts on if Henry Cavill was going to do it or not. Um, you see, I... I, well, I guess we've. But you really can't tell. You, no. you can't tell, and it, it could be matter. it could be anybody. So, um, I I just thought that that was like a really cool moment, and I thought it was cool that they didn't show who the face was because you could leave it. We up we to don't you. know we don't know what the night what the future for Superman. No. Is, you know, <laughs> I mean Henry Cavill doesn't know because there's mixed reports on whether he's done or not. Yeah, I, I mean I would like to see him continue. I thought he was a good Superman. So, uh, I guess we'll we'll. Time will yes. tell with with that, you know, and, then, and, and um, that's what's cool about it, is they can they can put somebody else in there. Now, was this movie set in? Now I know you said it it's in the same universe. Yes, like Batman exists, Superman, Superman exists, exists, The Flash exists, but is this set in the same Justice League universe? Or I'm not? Uh, I they don't really just uh, tell us outright. We can yeah. only assume which, it. Which is. again, which again, this movie can kind of be doing its separate thing over here. Oh, yeah. And it could very well still be taking place in the Justice League universe, that, and we just don't know yet. Right, well, right or now if they, they introduce a new Batman, a new Superman, and, and, and new characters, they could easily insert them into this universe as well. Exactly. They can do whatever they want. So they, they kind want. of have that door open to do anything. They didn't really connect it to any, the, they any didn't, franchise. They didn't establish anything. At least I don't think they did. Obviously, when the DVD comes out, I'm sure people will overanalyze every um, scene, every frame, and see like, oh, wait, no. There's well, a lot of those like Batman toys are the same toys you see at Walmart right now. Well, like, well, like every they, well, that's just fun. But they'll analyze every scene and see that there's like any newspapers that reference things from the previous DC extended universe. Like, okay, he has a framed um uh, newspaper clipping of this. That does mean it's in the same universe. Things like that. People will um uh, overanalyze that eventually. Yeah. Uh, but overall, a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I actually might go see it again. Oh, I think I will see it again. I think I might go see it later again today just to enjoy it because it is so much fun. Yeah, because I would say, I mean, it's doing really well. I think I just saw this morning it's at like $53 million for the weekend so far. Nice! Which is the number one movie. Um, I think Pet well, Cemetery is like 50. So um, Really? I'm which, surprised. Which that's, opened up this weekend as well. That's it's weird because number. the showing we went to... There was maybe, what, 15 people in that theater? Yeah, I was surprised. Which was, like... And we were seeing it, it one of the best places to see a movie like this, too. Yeah, so, um, I, I'm just thinking maybe uh, it, we just... Bad timing for us on a Thursday night seeing it. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the Friday night crowd was much bigger, so... Um, or maybe some of the inexpensive theaters. Because the theater we went to can be pricey for a family, because yeah. they serve food, full bar and menu, things like that. And you have to buy one thing yeah so that's you know it, it could be pricey there so uh, i guess a regular theater matinee you know be a little bit cheaper but uh yeah i want to see pet cemetery this weekend too and um anything before we wrap up anything else you've been up to i, I know you did a run right um i spider-man i i did the shamrock shuffle um uh, the same weekend as c2e2 and i did it dressed as spider-man that was a mistake because um when How'd you're you with, well that i didn't have to do while i was running Luckily, I got back to my... Um, you just peed yourself? No, I got back to my hotel room and took off the suit. Um, but, you see, it's a onesie, so um, I had no way to vent heat that 
excess heat, so I overheated a lot. So I had to walk a lot and have a slow time, but still fun. I bought the pictures. Did um, a lot of people, were other people dressed up? or I was really the only one dressed up, but I got the idea because last year I did the Advocate um, International Chicago 5K, and I saw um, a woman dressed up as Wonder Woman. You're like, you know what? When I do the Shamrock Shuffle, I'm doing it as Spider-Man. That's what I've decided. Right. I did it. I did it for fun. I'm done now. I can do all my other runs this year because I have two more I think I'm going to do as just me. As Brad. As Brad, the sub-30-minute 5K person. Okay. But it was fun. I'm glad I did it, <laughs> but I'm not doing it again. Other than that, I got nothing. Um, we're, We'll be back in, May, in a couple weeks maybe because we want to talk about going into the Avengers, at least make our bets on uh, of the Avengers who are going to be in this movie, who lives and who dies. And what else can we expect in that three-hour three hour movie? Three-hour and two minutes. Yeah. It's uh, two I, minutes. Yeah, just, I mean, my head's in circles on, on, on the possibilities of what this movie could have. And we definitely want to have a pre-Avengers podcast where we do kind of talk a bit about what our expectations are, and then we and will we can have give a full-blown a, review yeah. afterwards. Um, and a retrospective of, obviously, the MCU up into this point. Yeah, and in the meantime, too, uh, one last thing I wanted to share with you. I My favorite movie of the year right now is currently the movie Us, the new Jordan Peele movie. I've seen it in theater three times already. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that one, and uh, definitely worth watching. But, yep, this is the Hillcrest Duo, and I am Metal John at Metal John Radio. We will be back next week.